episode 106 of the Bowcast Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Payne, joined by my co-host, Speedish Chief 2. And uh, what a week. Dude. What a, <laughs> what a what? past week. Well, like I like to say, what a time to be alive, man. <laughs> what a time to be alive. 2023, baby. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah. Oh, sorry, did you have to say I was just going to say, I felt like I just saw you. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I saw you. Well, we did. <laughs> um, yeah. 24 hours ago, I would say. No, wait. Yeah. No, a little more than that because uh, I didn't see you yesterday. For those I don't know, we're both in Columbus, Ohio for the North America International Championships. Uh, some of you definitely know that, but I know we have <laughs> a lot of new listeners, potentially, potentially, or maybe they just listened to that last episode. New subscribers for sure. Uh, so shout out to the new people here. Um, for for context, I mean, let's just let's just talk about how many more new people we have. Our previous most listened to episode on YouTube, right? And of course, mm-hmm. we mostly are audio platform, but we did create a YouTube a few weeks ago. Uh, not even a few weeks, a few months ago, I gotta say, but um, yeah. around like episode seventy something, we've been posting uh, weekly on YouTube as well. Now, our most listened to episode was from a month ago. It was episode one hundred uh, with our previous host, Dionic, at four hundred eighty six views. All right. And a week ago, <clears throat> and uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, but a week ago, five days ago on YouTube, we released our last week's episode with uh, with Michael Saranka from Niantic. And for comparison, at this current time, we have 4.7 thousand views. <laughs> so almost yeah. 10 times the amount of views than our most listened to episodes. So there's probably a lot of new people. Uh, I did see a few new subscribers. I wouldn't be surprised if last episode was kind of one and done for a lot of people, and that's fine. Totally get it. And on our audio side, too, we have the most amount of downloads on audio, or, or tied for the most amount. I've, no, no, not tied for the most amount, but the, the most amount of listens we've had in a while um, on awesome. audio, too. So, yeah, yeah, uh, over, over 6,000 downloads slash uh, viewers, listeners for the last episode. So, anyway, if you're new, welcome. Me and Speedy, we talk about a lot of things, all things Niantic. Uh, obviously, we are mostly focused on PvP, but we do what? talk about the events. We talk about a lot of other controversial issues uh, related to Pokemon Go. And yeah. yeah, so, but if you wonder why we're PP centric, that is partially why. Yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, to everybody who tuned in, uh, listened. I know a lot of folks are, are very interested <clears throat> in why Niantic does what they do. And again, um, you know, I'm I'm a human being. Caleb is too. We weren't incredibly happy with some of the answers we got. Right? We felt like we could have gotten more, uh, more truth, more substance, more value. And if you feel the same way, then sound off in the uh, in the comments on this episode as well. But yeah, I mean, we again have to give some degree of respect to Michael because he's you know the only Niantic employee that's that's been speaking with us. So it is what it is. And um, yeah, I'm just really glad that everyone listened to the episode. I hope you got something from it. I hope it was more informative. For me, honestly, Caleb, it feels like it, it feels like going to the doctor, right? Like you know something is wrong. So you go in and you see the doctor. The doctor just tells you straight up. And maybe it's a good answer. Maybe it's a bad answer. Maybe it's not what you thought. But at least now you know and you can actually move on from it. You can you can understand that PvP was a priority for Niantic last year. They are not making it a priority this year, right? So just straight up, we keep hoping for bug fixes. We keep hoping for this and that. But at least now we know what the priority is. So now we can temper mm-hmm. our expectations a bit more. Do I like it? No. Do I think it's not the, the, not the direction I would want to see things? Absolutely not, right? But 
I guess it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely get more into our episode. Uh, some of the comments we post, there were a lot of comments, and we're not going to go into all of them, but we'll talk yeah. about some some pretty substantial ones that we think are insightful. Uh, or, I mean, there's, of course, there's some that are just like, you know, mad hating on Niantic or Michael Soronka. <laughs> and we, I mean, I can see why people will post that, but we're just not going to talk about that because you can read through the comments and it's, it's not really going to lead to any productive conversations on our end. For sure. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's good for us to do like a very quick intro of what we do because, for the, again, we did intro from Michael Soronka last week, but for those that oh, yeah. really don't know who the heck we are, then like, they're like, who are these guys? Who are the relevance? Uh, for context, myself and Speedy, more, more recently, I guess, uh, since the launch of the official circuit uh, for Pokemon Go in um tbci the pokemon company's competitive events um we are official commentators working uh contracted under the pokemon company not contracted under niantic right just a clarification two different companies uh but we travel around the world commentating these tournaments so we've we just came back from the north america international championship so you can find us on twitch.tv slash pokemon go or twitch.tv slash pokemon for these events um but that's kind of our biggest involvement of late we're both content creators mm-hmm. stream create youtube videos stuff like that mostly on pvp content um but we've been playing pokemon go since 2016 from and the jump from the jump yeah yeah but, uh we've met uh a lot of the other content creators like zoe Tudas, trainer tips etc um from that that all you all have probably consumed content from as well for years um yes. so yeah we have a lot of connections with people in the community and stuff like that but maybe you haven't seen us because you're not as uh yeah i think if you're into pv or you do a lot of pv mm-hmm. stuff you've probably seen us <laughs> uh that'd be that'd be wild if you haven't but for those that don't focus on that stuff that's context and then we of course do this podcast so um anyway if you decide to stick around and continue listening great if not no worries but just want to give some people that don't really know us context on that um, yeah, good call. But yeah, let's get into let's get into some of the stuff, some of the questions we <laughs> or some of the comments we saw from last week. I think there were some definitely uh, very interesting perspectives. Again, we can't cover all of them because there's way too many comments. But these are some notable ones uh, from our perspective. Obviously, if you disagree, mm. that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. but anyway, uh, Bobby Venton uh, says, I wish there were more non-US centric questions uh, slash POVs included here. For instance, as much as I know that iPhones dominate the American market, it's not necessarily so <clears throat> in other parts of the world, and it would be nice to solve issues like frame drops for Android, not just iOS. Or the attitude we have to drive to do a raid while a lot of players outside the U.S. don't drive at all. Long story short, U.S. is not the only market for the game. Um, yeah, that's the question. But, or the comment. But yeah, I, I think that's yeah. fair. Um, iPhones are, I feel like, definitely less popular outside of North America in general. Yeah. Uh, just because they're just super expensive, right? And um, yeah, the frame drops I, for Android is definitely a potential issue. The, the yeah. thing is, um, that's something that's we know for a fact, or at least me and Speed know for a fact that they are working on. Uh, so that's that's the main reason why we didn't ask Michael that because we had a bunch of we had too many questions to ask already. But that that was one reason why we didn't ask that question. And also, um, yeah, even though Michael was able to answer some questions about PvP, like he doesn't work specifically in the PvP PvP department. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think it's a good question, right? Because again, like everyone has their inherent biases, uh, wherever you live or wherever you, you record and make content. But uh, to that point, mm. I feel like from a PVP pr perspective that the update they did last year was actually really helpful for equalizing the field. We've seen trainers not only from Europe or from the Asia Pacific region, like India, just really come into their, their own uh, in terms of PVP, but also, you know, Japan and, and Latin America, other parts of the world where uh, the fast attack sneaks and denials were a lot more rampant. And I feel like this is a good question because again, um, in other parts of the world, when you're playing on Android or a different device, you might not have the same experience as a lot of other trainers do who have, you know, maybe live a little bit closer to, you know, server networks and that kind of stuff. But um, mm. Yeah, I think there's there's always some inherent biases. So we just wanted to call it this question and say, yeah, it is a global game and the game functions over you know thousands of different devices. And if you study gaming or if you're a gaming developer, maybe you have an opinion on that. Maybe you're like, oh, well, if they're going to release a global product, it should work on global devices, right? Or maybe you understand gaming. You say, well, it is actually pretty difficult. Uh, either way, you know, I think there's a, a voice on both sides. Yeah, but... Yeah, it is important. We're both from the United States, so of course our perspective is definitely skewed towards that. Uh, no way around that, unfortunately. I mean, we have met a lot of people from all around the world, but yes, that is good to call out there, Bobby. Um, and thank you for the comments. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yeah, yeah. I'll kick us off here. This is actually a multi-part uh, question from Motix. So first of all, uh, thank you everyone for writing these comments. These are these are really good. Uh, Motix says, first time commenting, but I love the content and always have a blast to battle y'all. I love Michael's commitment and availability for these interviews. I do as well. Even if we don't get the answers we want, we're, we're happy that he's speaking with us. I do want to hear some more accountability for the quality and consistency of the game, though. So many of his answers involve some flavor of, quote, that's pretty complicated or that's too hard without taking accountability for the fact that they have made a commitment to produce a complex and boundary pushing game. I agree with you. And I feel like uh, to me personally, this almost feels like neglect of your core product, right? I mean, for example, if Apple decided to release a new iPhone and then their iPhone had tons of consistency issues, they would lose their brand quality over time, right? People wouldn't suspect that they would always be up to the standard that they were set at. And neglecting your core product, I think, is like a recurring theme that we've seen. Uh, just minor stability issues. It almost feels like sometimes Niantic is so focused on building new features that they just neglect the core of the game and it it breaks down. And and um, again, you know, some people say only 1% of the trainers would actually see that coming, but I think it's much more than that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that, Caleb, or do you want me to just jump to the next one? Um, No, I'll share my thoughts after the response. Yeah, but, but keep it going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second part, Michael, Michael's response to Speedy's question about uh, about more Niantic representation at regionals was, quote, well, there's a lot of regionals. We can't ask folks to take that many weekends off to go attend them, right? Essentially what Michael said. He's like, well, there's so many events. We don't have the bandwidth, the manpower, et cetera. Uh, then Motix continues, what about just ICs? Or pick three regionals on the calendar. Make a small, sustainable, active effort towards improvement. I think that's a good middle ground. I think that's a good bargain. And I will say, I wasn't aware of this, uh, when we had this interview, but Niantic did actually have a station in Columbus at NAIC. They had a Pokestop tower that they constructed. They had a blow up Venusaur and a blow up Charizard. And you could see Pokemon Go players going there and hanging out, interacting with each other, doing trades, you know, just taking a rest for a few minutes, sitting down. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, the answer can't be that you can just go to all of them, but I do think starting with the ICs is important. And I was kind of struck a little bit personally how... When, when I asked that question to Michael, it kind of seemed like 
he said, well, what do you recommend? It's essentially what I got from that. Like, if we can't send people there, then what do you think we can do? And I'm going to give that some thought as well. And maybe try to give him some constructive feedback there. But yeah, I will say too, I mean, we'll talk more about this later, but <clears throat> I think they'd have some recent layoffs too. So I think their employees are unfortunately not only stretched a little thin, but they're just, they're just down They're They're under, uh, what do you call it? Um, they have less less manpower these days. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's good. That might, con- yeah, less capacity. So that'll be part of it. I mean, of the events that I've seen Niantic employees at, um, <clears throat> I've seen some PP engineers at. I can't remember any IC or not. Um, I think last year they were at Vancouver and then they were at Worlds, right? And that that was very important at Worlds because there's some issues there that they helped resolve on the spot. And I've seen Niantic. Uh, I see Michael at some of the IC slash. He was like you mentioned San Diego, but. That was more so Michael just wanted to go because he loves the game and stuff and PP, but I think that was less so like, oh, we need to send an employee, right? From yeah, I I won't disclose <laughs> how many private conversations I've had with those those employees, but I will say it is a mix of I took vacation time to come here and I was sent here to actually do work. It's a mm-hmm. mix, right? Yeah. And I don't necessarily believe it should be the distribution that it is right i feel like again if you're if your whole mantra is local events and you literally have a company that's helping you build local events to attend i think it's worth your time and investment to actually bolster that effort right uh motix continues a little bit further says you know invest in the game you have complex resources uh advocate for the players i want to quote this part right here hire talented developers and teach them the nuances of the platform and invest in focus groups of content creators and top battlers that understand the mechanics to play test new versions and provide feedback that's just the, that's just the thing right like when you have people that are building something actively their scope of focus their strength is on understanding the game as a whole right and trying to build in new new aspects new avenues new ways to play the game that are very detailed and very complicated they go deep on a lot of these different uh you know aspects of the platform and how they all fit together and whether or not the game is cohesive caleb and i don't really do that as much right we'll talk about what would be cool but we don't think about like long-term effects especially when you're thinking about releasing new pokemon new features uh new items that are coming to the game like the the forever game plan this long-term roadmap is not Caleb and I's department because we don't work mm-hmm. in Niantic. But I do think there's value in partnering with people who play the game every day since 2016, who create content for it, who rely on it for their livelihoods, who honestly in their in their hearts and minds just want to see it grow and succeed. I think you need to talk to those people and make sure that you're aligned with what you're doing on the back end also works with the people that are out in the field, so to speak, trying to make this work every single day. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance to like creators uh, and content creators they work with uh, or choose to work with don't get it right, right? And like, but but that's 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 a different issue, right? And like, you know, I I think like in my opinion, it doesn't matter if we're involved in that conversation or not. I would still trust that content creators in the space that they choose have the community's best interest in mind and can at least represent a lot of what we're looking for, even if it's not everything. Um, but yeah. I mean, they do have partner content creators. Uh, myself and Speedy are not part of that program. Um, in full transparency. Yeah, and and also I, I want to point out this last bit here as we wrap up Motix's question. Um, recently over the past few months, both Zoe and Trainer Tips released videos, and they basically said 
Uh, we've taken all your feedback for the past few years. I've listened to players, especially Zoe has been has been like the voice of the people when she speaks with Niantic. She essentially like absorbs all the negativity from people and what they're upset about and then tries to funnel it into some kind of creative feedback for Niantic and send that to them. And she said in her video, she said, I'm exhausted. I can't keep like absorbing all this stuff and trying to help the community because when I send this over to Niantic, they just make whatever decision they want to and it doesn't really uh, I can't help as much as I hope. Right. And mm-hmm. trainer tip said something similar. He said, honestly, Niantic is just going to do what they want to do. And we, we, I think Caleb and I disagree on this a little bit. Trainer tip said, we can be vocal. We can try to do the hashtag here as Niantic. And that's good because we should speak up for what we believe. But as we've seen with the, um, the recent remote rate changes, I mean, when the company decides to do something, unless you're on the board of directors or unless you're John Hankey, I don't know what we can do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we have an impact, right? But is it enough? Yeah. Maybe, maybe people disagree with me too. Sound off, right? Maybe you think we should vote with our wallets, which I also think is important. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, we're going to see some of that too. So, um, oh, yeah. for sure. But, um, sorry, did did you finish? Was no, it, I'm, I'm, I, I, that's a wrap. I, okay. That, sorry, sorry. No, that was a whole question, though, right? Uh, the whole comment. Yeah. Okay. That's okay sorry, sorry. I was just wasn't sure. Um. Sorry, I had to pop up my computer. I was trying to close out, so I wasn't sure. No, you're good. Uh, I, I'm like, I'm like reformatting the page in the background too. I'm doing my best to confuse Caleb here. No, 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 no. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, uh, Motiques, for the question and the, or sorry, in the the questions, but the detailed comment as well and feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot to pull out from there, but I think uh, those are very, uh, very good points that Motiques made, and that's why we want to share it. Uh, speaking of good points, Eric Yuang said, uh, "Hi guys. First off." Thank you for bringing Michael in. It's great to hire someone uh, actually from Niantic on these issues. I understand you guys are friendly with Michael and he seems like a chill guy, but to be honest, the interview felt like an easy marketing for Niantic. Typically for sessions like this, along uh, with other forms of media, the hosts are far more neutral. It felt like you guys reinforced Michael's responses. It gave him easy outs at every opportunity. However, judicially, uh, judiciously pushing him at certain moments would have been what's expected. For example, Michael's response for TM improvements for was to compare it to the main series game mechanics and how those are less accessible. I would have asked him differently a second time whether current TM mechanics can be improved. I understand that Michael's representing Niantic during this interview and corporate speak is to be expected, but it would be the interviewer's job to poke for more info. Anyway, hope you guys received this feedback constructively. Keep up the great work. I'm a big fan of the podcast and your tournament casting. Cheers. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Eric, for pointing that out too. And myself and Speedy, we, we talked about this a little bit after the mm-hmm. podcast we recorded last week too. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I, and this was, I mean, we didn't even discuss it between ourselves, right? Like, essentially, we ha- so like full context. We had a list of questions. We sent it over to Michael, right? And um, we said like, "Hey, like, do these look good, etc." Uh, in, in all in all transparency, there's one question he could not answer, right? And we can't go into why he can't answer, but again, he he can't like he is representing the company, so he can't like there's certain things he just cannot respond to and share. And so there's only one question, right? Um, and that's that's pretty good because we asked a lot of different questions, right? I think we picked and all the questions we picked out, we didn't like. I filtered out like some random stuff, like does Michael have a Volcarona, right? Like, you know, just like random <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. But for the most part, like, we asked a lot of the questions that the community wanted, I think, to ask and what we want as well. Um, and then from there, 
you know, we just like cut down some of the wording of the question. We just asked them straight up. Um, and we also said, look, if there's anything you want us to cut out of the podcast, we can, right? If you say and decide not to, uh, it didn't go so well, we can cut it out. Um, but we didn't cut out anything. We kept it. It's a full, like, if you look at it, there's no cuts or anything. It's full interview from like start to finish, no cuts, no edits. Um, that being said, um, at the same time, uh, like, like us personally, we didn't necessarily agree with everything or like everything Michael responded with, right? We weren't like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no need for elite or a TM rework, right? Like, I personally, I would love a TM rework, right? I'm almost, like, mm-hmm. out of charge TMs, um, but I think a lot of other people are too, right? Or just, like, just TMing you, et cetera, is super, super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, this is not, these aren't, like, necessarily things that Michael oversees, right? He talked about he's director of um, different events and stuff like that, right? He is in charge of stuff like Community Day and stuff, right? So I think, like, if we give very direct feedback about Community Day, he can probably do something about that, right? TMs is not really his department, right? He is answering on behalf of Niantic. And so I don't want to speak for Speedy, but at least from my from my mm. perspective, um, I, I I completely one, I completely understand what you're saying, Eric, and I, I don't actually even disagree yeah. with you there. Um, but the reason why I approached the way I did, at least how I interviewed, was I'm gonna ask Michael about TM rework. He's gonna say the thing about main series game this is not something they're going to change right this is not on their radar to change like that right and i, I even said like oh you know it's tough with the tms and michael knows because pvps right so he he uses plenty of tms yeah um but if i ask again or i really push it it's either he just really can't get into more about it and whatever i say is not going to change the entire company's uh perspective on the topic right we can get the feedback right and i think that's us asking a question is clearly feedback and and here's the thing here's something that i really do appreciate is that michael when we uh shared the episode he t- retweeted and stuff and there were a decent amount of Niantic employees that also retweeted liked it and also listened to that episode so that in itself hopefully will give them some feedback or something to think about um because some of them did reach out to me and said hey like okay well i'm glad you all brought it up right like like even if like for for some of them like yeah this is an apartment i work in so i'm glad you brought it up and it'll be something for us to think about so hopefully Mm -hmm. like stuff like the tm rework is something that someone from that department might hear about and think about um but again like it's not his department and if we push him on it it would be like like well well, why not why can't we change for 90 or you know why can't we change pokemon go not everything pokemon go has to be the same as the main series game and not everything is right we have you know people with hundreds of mewtwo right you can't do that in that main series game right unless you're like glitching your software or whatever yeah um but you know i i think that again if if people don't like that response that's on that's on me right and i take full responsibility but in my perspective um you know maybe it did feel like we're going easy on him and, and maybe we were to a degree but like I'm not, I'm not here to like interrogate Michael for coming on because <laughs> oh, for 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 a change that one he can't personally change, right? And yeah. two, like I just don't think his response will change, right? Um, again, like in context too, like I am friends with Michael, right? I I'm, I mean we're not like we're not like neighbors or hang out every day, but like we, we've <laughs> we've met each other a few times and like we we chat online from time to time, and he's yeah, um, we've always been nice with each other, and we've been I would say we're friendly and we're friends, but um. But, you know, I, I felt like some of the questions we really pushed for were definitely not, you know, easy questions by any means, right? Uh, yeah. Whether we got the response we wanted is a different story, but, like, stuff about the boxes, um, stuff about, like, remote raids not aligned, like, like the juxtaposition of the remote raids and level 50 and the mm-hmm. in, incredibly hard to power up Pokemon, 
that you but you're limiting on the rates like i think these are like questions that like you know were were more questions we want asked the response yeah. might not be what, what we wanted and maybe the follow-up question wasn't and if, if, it, if that's the case that that's more on me i guess right yeah no no i just wanted to to echo caleb's sentiment there i feel like personally i feel like i missed a few opportunities during the interview right to like double down on a question or maybe to ask in a different way and uh i agree with caleb like we take full responsibility for not maybe you know pushing harder when we could have i mean everyone likes these you know cnn fox news whatever style interviews where you bring a presidential candidate in and you just like grill them right and just ask them really tough questions because that's what we're all thinking right we're like <laughs> i feel like they don't do that <laughs> i feel like cnn oh, fox news don't grill them <laughs> so i don't know sometimes yeah. i've seen i've seen some pretty some pretty heated uh, I ones guess. right okay Maybe maybe they're rare, right? But but yeah. I think I think those are the ones we remember, and I think a lot of people want to grill, they want to push, they want to you know get real answers because they're frustrated, right? They really just want to understand. And I felt I felt the same way uh, during a lot of the interview. Like I tried to hide my emotions and stuff, but I remember asking at least a couple questions where I felt like I didn't get anything substantive as an answer, right? Mm -hmm. And like Caleb said, I mean, maybe he's not in that department. Maybe um, he doesn't really, you know, work on that aspect of the game. Maybe he's got some other NDA with TPC and that's why he can't answer it. Like there's so many things going on in Michael's head while he's trying to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. I think we need to just keep that in mind that his responses are uh, whatever leaks out is from beneath layers and layers of red tape that he's had to jump through just to get onto the interview. Right. And yep. some people, maybe they listen to it and they feel like they didn't get any value out of it. And, you know, sorry about that if you don't feel like you got anything from it but again i feel like getting those just knowing helps me a little bit and knowing what's not a priority knowing what they don't have an answer for just tells me more than than you think right and sometimes uh the last thing i want to say is that sometimes it feels like you can ask a question and you can like caleb said ask it again and you just get the same answer mm -hmm. but if you actually propose a solution if you actually try to push deeper into it and actually uh, you know, posit a way that it can be better or changed. That's when you can maybe make some progress. But if if Michael doesn't know what to do with the TMs and we just keep asking him, uh, he's just going to give us the same answer. Just say like, move, <laughs> yeah. move on, right? Yeah. It was also already like a two hour and sixteen minute like video or right, interview. Like we could only sure we could only like we had to get through some of these questions. Like I think in my opinion, spending less time on the TMs when we already got the response from him and covering an additional question was much more important to me at that. Also true. Um. I think also this is this is more contextual that maybe me and Speedy are more aware of than the listeners or viewers. Um, but there's definitely certain answers from Michael that me, I like we know like we know him, right? We might know how he feels about a certain situation personally, but he's answering differently. Which tells me, right, when I'm as an interviewer and as a person asking this question, he can't say anything else, right? Like yep. like I me personally, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't feel this way about this topic, right? But he's saying it because he is not representing himself. He is representing Niantic, which again, like, I mean, we, I know we said this in the episode, but like, of course, like, it, it, it only do so much. Uh, there are a lot of hate comments directed at Michael, right? And like, as if like, he's like, you know, the sole person in charge of all decisions. Like, again, he's, yeah. he's here to just represent, right? And, and it's it sucks to read some of those things, right? Because, you know, Michael took time out of his day to be a part of it. But, you know, I, I like, we can only do so much to control the 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 mob right on how they yeah. might respond um but again that's why that's why we're really grateful that he even took the time to come on here because we know that he's going to take take the heat for all this stuff even oh, though yeah. he's responsible for like maybe like 
10% or 5% of what the company does, right? In a lot of Dude, these decisions. Just, just, and he, just and he of, personally might agree with more with you all than you may think, right? I don't exactly. know. I, I don't want to speak for him, but that's just, that's just my thought. And, and here's the thing, right? If somebody agrees to come onto a podcast and talk about this kind of stuff, I think I think people in general assume that they've been given special uh, access by the company in order to speak on something, right? Like, oh, this is their representative. They're finally going to give us some answers. This isn't just boilerplate nonsense. But think about any other job that you've worked where, you know, let's say you're you're working on AutoZone and somebody comes in and they like argue with, with you about a part and you're wearing your AutoZone, you know, shirt and you're on the clock and you're getting paid. And you're like, man, I wish I could just change out of my uniform and come out here and tell this person what I really think. Uh, I'm sure yeah. Michael, I'm sure Michael felt that way, right? I'm sure he felt that way about a lot of the topics. But again, he's wearing his Niantic shirt. He's representing the company. He just can't go off like he wants to. And and honestly, like Caleb and I can't either because of our own uh, ties and connections, right? We don't want to just for the sake of like a, a hot, heated question and in the drama, we can't just like spoil our entire friendship and relationship with Michael. That's not fair. Uh, yeah. Although I, I feel like, uh, at least I, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like me personally, like I asked everything I want to know, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mm -hmm. even though we do have a friendship with Michael, I personally was like, I'm going to just stick to the question I want to ask, right? And everything, mm -hmm. everything that was, that was the question I came up with, like they were never felt, they were filtered down or taken out, right? Um, yeah. And, but yeah. No. Like, yeah. No, to to your point, like I asked the questions I wanted to ask, like per personally, one of the things I care about the most is seeing the community kind of shrink, seeing the viewership go down on Twitch and YouTube, seeing less people invested in the game that that really bothers me. That's mm -hmm. what that's what I think about a lot of the time. Right. I think about growing the community. When I first got into PvP, that was what I wanted to do. I started making YouTube videos because I wanted more people to play the game and I thought it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. So when I asked Michael that question about what's happening to what they're doing, what investments they're making to grow the community, and he didn't give me a good answer. I was honestly not happy. I was I was pretty upset with that. I'll so, be honest, I, I forgot his response on that one because it, it kind of went by, right? Because a lot yeah. of it didn't feel meaningful. I don't yeah. I don't remember what was said either because it wasn't related to the question. But anyway, again, like we can't CIA interrogate Michael here. We can, <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't we don't have that kind of leverage. And I think honestly, given all of our positions, right, we just have to be grateful that he sat down, took some time with us because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to stick his neck out and hear a bunch of negative comments that aren't related, right? When yeah. you when you start attacking the person, how they look, their family, whatever, when you start going that direction, you've already lost the argument and it's a waste of time. So yeah, I do think it's a great comment though, Eric, which is why we want to touch upon it. And again, it was two hours and 16 minutes of us not following up a lot on the questions, right? So if we did, yeah. like, that's like four plus hours and like, we, we like, like, we just wouldn't even get through the content, right? And again, if people aren't happy with that, I, I, I understand <clears throat> you can blame us for that one. Because not like Michael said, like, don't ask me follow-up questions. He didn't say anything, right? He just said like, yeah, just ask me whatever. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we do appreciate him being so open. <clears throat> Yeah. On that respect. Um, you want to take this last one? Yeah, yeah. I'll bring us in here. So Colonel Pablo says, whenever I hear people say something along the lines of, quote, Twitter and social media is only the voices of the most hardcore players out there and they do not represent the majority, quote, end quote. All I can think is, why would that not be the group that you focus on? I understand that they need and want to make decisions that will benefit everyone, not just the minority of players, but with no easy way to submit feedback, suggestions, or reviews. How are they gathering feedback from quote-unquote casual or new players? These may be players that just started and won't actually stick around or feel strongly enough about the game to actually care about changes. 
Why would you not want to do everything you can to try and retain the players who have proven that they care enough about the game to take to the social media, to find that community and to be able to voice their opinion? That final sentence right there, why would you not do everything that you can to try to retain the players who care? That really sticks out to me. I think, Pablo, that might be one of the best questions I've ever seen uh, on our on our episodes here. And I agree with you. I think if people care enough about the game to be vocal and to base so much of their lives around it, you need to listen to them. I agree. Um, yeah, I think it was a great comment too, which is, and I, I do agree a lot with Colonel Pablo on that one. And I, and I wish Niantic did focus some of their uh, feedback around that stuff. Because again, like not everyone that plays Pokemon Go has a Twitter, right? And it's going to engage with you. But, well, two things. One, Niantic, can, um, what do you call it? provides context or information a lot of times only on Twitter and not within in-game news. All right, so you're ready. This is the audience you're mainly communicating with. And then two, if you're going to actually go and make a Twitter for Pokemon Go and interact with Niantic's pages and games on Twitter and social media, then that means you're invested, right? So that like, mm-hmm. why is this not the player base you want to you know, engage with the most and take their feedback? Um, I think uh, uh, I have like a kind of a weird analogy, but um, have you ever All heard right. of that show? Oh, Supernatural? dude, I'm ready for this. A, a Caleb analogy? <laughs> Somebody timestamp this. Let's dude, see. I'm, I, dude, I know I throw plenty of analogies. It's just that you throw out too many analogies, so I just don't like. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't actually sound, do it. Sounds say like it as much. Um, yeah, yeah, you gotta balance it out a little bit. But um, have you seen that show, Supernatural? Uh, I'm aware of it. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like. Mostly um, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki and a uh, mm-hmm. show made by Eric Kripke, who, who eventually left the show. But um, anyway, that director actually makes the show The Boys on Amazon. But, so good. Highly uh, recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why you see a lot of the same people cast it, actually. Um, actually, funny enough, one character, his name is Bobby or Robert uh-huh. Singer or something. And uh-huh. he has the same name in The Boys. The character. <laughs> yeah, it's the same actor, too. Same actor. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but uh, anyway, so that show came. It has it had like eleven or twelve summer seasons. I just remember like when I started watching it, I was like in middle school, like high school, and when it wrapped up, I was like done with graduate school. Like it was like <laughs> that long, right? Like, and you know, I even took a gap year and stuff. Like it was, it was a, it went for a long, long time. Maybe it was like even like fifteen seasons or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I remember thinking, I was like, why is this show still around, right? It's not like the best show in the world. But the reason being is because they had like a really strong fan base. It wasn't a big fan base, but it was a very strong fan base, right? They bought a lot of merchandise. They went to, they had conventions for the show and everything. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of fans of it, right? So they had a strong fandom, right? They didn't have a big fandom, but they had a very rabid fandom, right? And they were very dedicated and loved the show. And they kept the show on for so many years, right? And regardless if you like the show, the ending or not, a lot of them just appreciate that you even went for that long and provide them with so much content and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, and all in all, I'd say, regardless if people like the ending or not, I think the show was a success in that respect because yeah. they catered to their loyal fans. Yes, maybe the overall public and the overall critics are like, eh, this show's like a C-plus show. But sure. for the fans that loved it, for them, it's an A-plus show or ape show, and they loved it, and they stuck around with it for all those 15-plus years. I mean, I watch every episode too, right? <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. you know, ever, like I literally, when the show came out, they have flip phones, right? People, like a lot of people listening to this episode might not have been born, right, when the show yeah. came out, right? But mm-hmm. like 
like they had literally like flip phones, and then in the end, they're like you know calling on smart devices and whatever. But um, I think that's like an example of a company or production or whatever mm-hmm. that is listening to their fan base because you can't guarantee. Like as much as Niantic wants it, you can't guarantee another couple million players, new players, are going to pick up the game next week. You you can't, right? But you could guarantee that the players you that currently like your game continue to like your game because you listen to their feedback or you don't change things that they already like about the game. Mm. And unfortunately, I feel like Niantic, me personally speaking, is missing the mark on the latter. And I don't think they're really hitting the mark on the former, right? Like this, I don't, I mean, sure. I don't know. I don't have the stats and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's millions and millions of people signing up to play the game. And if they do, how do you know they're going to stick around? As I was saying, you're, you're the supernatural producer and you're marking the first few episodes and hoping new people are going to get into the show. Yeah. Some people might, but you can't guarantee they're going to stick around for the 15 seasons that you create stuff with. You can't guarantee that people that stuck around for the four, 15 seasons are going to stick yeah. around for season 16, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, That's the thing, man. Like your your customer segment, your fan base segment is is so – well, it's actually just that. It's segments, right, uh, based on people in their different backgrounds. Like no matter how many Singaporean grandmas pick up Pokemon Go <laughs> – whether or not they're playing it in five or 10 years is another question. Right. And, uh, you know, I used to, I used to really look a lot into startups, uh, startups, new technology companies, things like that. And there was one kind of modem. This actually came out in 2008 from Kevin Kelly. And basically he predicted this back in 2008. Right. I don't want to date myself too hard here, but I was like still in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, basically all you need are a thousand true fans. And he said back in 2008, that he predicted an industry that was made up entirely of creators with successful careers in the creative industry with only just a thousand true fans. What he means by that is a fan that's going to buy your product every single time. So every Mm -hmm. single time, you know, you push a release, they pick it up, they pay for it. They want the new merch. They want the new, you know, uh, download, they want the new blog post, whatever. And again, like that's not, entirely dissimilar from most companies core products right like if you again to go back to the iphone example if you love iphone if you've had it since the launch and you keep getting new iphones what's going to make you not want to get an iphone anymore if the product starts to stink right that's when you make a change but those people that you can consistently rely on to keep buying your product over and over again you need to nurture foster that community right i agree 100 percent. sorry my cat is like meowing no, at me and then i, I think she's, she's just like meowing at me still she's um, gonna be on the recording I, i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah yeah she is if you're watching the youtube segment you'll see her um no i agree with you i think that's a really good point too i mean and that's that's the thing right and part of it's also once you have those a thousand loyal uh fan base or whatever mm-hmm. they're also going to promote your product right they're going to tell their friends like hey look yes. like I use the iPhone. You guys use it too. We can iMessage each other. We can Facebook time each other and stuff like that. It mm-hmm. grows from there organically, right? They're doing the marketing for you. If yes. you have a thousand players that love Pokemon Go, of course they're going to tell their friends to play, right? Of course they're going to get their family to play, their friends, their partners, etc., their kids, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a good game and they want to do it together, right? It's a community game. But if you if you're disappointing those players, what what's going to get the new players to be like hitting up all their friends, and be like, hey, let's play this together? Some might. But they're still trying to figure out for them personally if it's worth the investment, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, if history repeats itself and they realize as they get more into the game they don't like it, then you lose that fan base. I yeah. don't know. I think it's a, that was a fantastic question, though. And we are, we're going to end the questions at that 
points there. But um, but thank you all for those that did provide feedback and stuff. Um, I read them all, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I do appreciate uh, the perspective and hearings of it. And I know a lot of it's not from our typical listeners, but again, welcome in if you are uh, one some of our newer listeners um, for the podcast. Um, and hopefully that feedback is insightful, uh, especially for those that might be Niantic employees listening to this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we always, we used to joke around a lot, be like, oh, if anyone's listening from Niantic, <laughs> let us know, blink twice, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But there definitely are uh, some of them listening, and uh, we do hope that the feedback resonates with them to some degree. For sure. Um. So, uh, before we get into the other parts of the episode, we want to say uh, for next week, uh, and I think we should be able to do this. So, if not, yeah. we'll do for some other time. Um, drop us questions down below in the YouTube video, right? In the comments down below on questions you have about things to do in Japan or et cetera. Because uh, we have World Championships in Japan this year and GoFest, right? Um, in yep. August, mm-hmm. and for those that are going, uh, that are listening to this, I'm sure they have questions they want to and and you know things they want to know about Japan. And next week, for next episode, we're gonna have a guest on uh, one of Speedy's friends who's been to Japan. Yeah, seven and times. Seven times. Wow, that's a lot. Seven times. <laughs> so if you have questions about Japan, let us know, and then we're gonna ask him these questions. Uh, you can say who it is if you want. Uh, just so. Uh yeah, so so my buddy goes by Bread is uh, essentially his his uh, in game name his in game handle. So yeah, Bread has been seven times. He's uh, fluent in Japanese as well, and he's really excited because he's going to Japan for GoFest and Worlds too. So oh, questions nice. about okay. yeah, questions yeah. about like currency conversion or where to stay or things to do or good and bad parts of the city or how to maximize your own Pokemon experience. Man, he's literally sent me screen recordings. Like he'll go to a city. And he'll turn on his screen recording, open Pokemon Go, and just like pan around and show me all the Pokestops. Yeah. Dude, he really goes in depth. So if you have any That's questions awesome. about going to Japan, which I know, uh, you know, 100 plus competitors, all their friends that are coming with them, uh, people that are just traveling just for fun, any question is a good question. Yeah. And honestly, even if you don't have a question, just tune in because yeah. uh, even if Brett doesn't get like a thousand questions from the comments, like he'll share his own experience. Right. And then yeah. I- I'm excited to learn. Like, I-, I don't even know if I have any specific ones in mind at the moment but but i'm just excited to hear about his experience um as we prepare our trips to japan so it should be good um Mm -hmm. so again leave us comments down below about japan if you have comments about the rest of the episode feel free to leave it down below as well uh we'll talk about that different episode but for specifically ones for japan drop it down below and we'll we'll definitely ask brett that so um thank you for yeah the opportunity uh speedy and and brett as well no worries yeah um I gotta say, so I'm like losing my voice a little bit if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> but we uh, we just came back from, like I said earlier, from the North America International Championships. And that's partially why I lost my voice. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It was a behind the scenes clip. Oh, yeah? Uh, of me and Butters and the Grand Finals uh, on Twitter. But Butters tweeted out, actually. And it shows us behind the scene. And obviously, like when we're commentating the match, there's no face camera. But like this is like you can see our like actual vis visceral reaction. You can take a look real quick if you want. Um, it's um it's probably Butters' like most recent tweet. But uh, yeah, when I'm watching, I'm like, holy crap! Like I'm really like, 
like yelling pushing. here. Yeah, yeah, I'm really yeah, pushing. Yeah. I might need like conserve my throat a little bit for. I mean, I did save <laughs> it for the grand finals, right? But like, you did, it was you did, a yeah, hype yeah. grand finals. But again, I was, I was watching. I was like, yeah, this is why I don't Dude, have boys. I, I saw I saw a video. Okay, this was from the, the from the stage perspective, or not stage perspective, but like the fan perspective, looking yeah. up at the stage where Caleb yeah. and Butters were. I see Caleb like rocking back and forth in his seat. You can see like <laughs> this vein popping out of his neck. He's like screaming, and Butters like stands up all of a sudden, like they yeah. are losing it. And and you had every right because that grand mm-hmm. finals at in Columbus was just like unbelievable. Yeah, it was incredible too. I mean, I think. Uh, I think for me personally, it was just like the culmination of everything leading up to that moment. Um, I actually yeah, tweeted about this too, but essentially like, like so we had Wadash winning it. Um, pretty young trainer, used, used to be in part of the seniors division, but they got rid of that division. Um, I think he would have been still in the seniors division now if they didn't have, they didn't get rid of it. But now part of master's division can be with everyone, right? Uh, defending champion senior division, third place at Worlds and seniors, like pretty impressive stuff. And then uh, just didn't do as well as he probably hoped this season, the Masters, right? Came close a couple times, went like fourth place in Baltimore, third place in Toronto, but then just kind of yeah. like spiraled like down from there, uh, like wasn't yeah. making top cuts and stuff. And part of it was just like, you know, probably his own frustrations um, of not qualifying for world championships. Uh, of course, for those that don't, you have to get first or second at a regional to qualify mm-hmm. or top four at an international. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was only competing at regionals uh, leading up to this point. Um uh, but you know, he definitely did some self-reflecting too on the topic, right? And we, we don't have to go all the way into it because we talked about it in past episodes, right? But he definitely tweeted some stuff about uh, things that people probably didn't like as much, right? His takes on you know certain tournaments being a little bit lower skill, right? The ones he wasn't at and seeing how yeah. he could qualify. But he did respond later, months later, saying like, "Hey, I, you know, I, I I was a little out of line on my on my part, and like I was yeah. mostly just jealous, right, and stuff like that. Like I'm gonna work on myself." do my own thing and you can see it right like he gets he started getting better and better again he was always a good player right it was just like it was baffling to me sometimes why he wasn't performing as well but i think partially it was just like like a mental block and stuff and um but he was like powering through that a little bit he was starting to make top cut again starting just you know like mm-hmm. you know he was ending starting loose bracket on day two and then winner's bracket and then all of a sudden he like wins <clears throat> all of every every single match at Hartford, Connecticut, um, that regional, the most recent one, he appended and just swept the whole thing, right? Finally yep. qualified. I think a lot of people were happy for him at that point because he kind of went from like this villain art to like a redemption <laughs> art, right? And so yeah. he didn't have to win NAIC. But I, in my opinion, I think skill wise, like he's always been like been one of the strongest players. Like if you look at factions, like this grassroots oh, format, yeah. dude, his like win rate is just crazy. It's like actually like mm-hmm. insane. Um, but, uh, so it was like, everyone knew he had the skills for this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me personally, I'm, I'm watching him like, like he's, he's got like the total package now. Cause he has like the mental, like confidence, right. And yeah. belief in himself. And also like, he's not held back by like feeling bitter about other people qualifying. Like he's already like past that stage of his life. And he's like matured. <laughs> it's only been less than a year, right? And he is also yeah. a very young trainer. I think he's what seventeen. So like, like, yeah. like me personally at seventeen, like I was not, <laughs> I was not mature at all, right? So yeah. like, you know, I like I, I don't blame whatever like taste he had on Twitter back then because seventeen. If I had Twitter and I was involved and I was this mm-hmm. good at anything, like I would have been running my mouth about. All this stuff. I'll probably be doing that at 32. I right? say, so. I say, you're in your mouth right now. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, plenty it's, of haters for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty amazing, man. I remember when we sat down with Wadaj and and did the the post 
championship interview in Hartford, uh, there were a few moments where he like choked up, right? It came hard for him to speak. He like cut his response quick because he he knew like the emotions were overflowing because he finally felt that validation. And like you just said, he's proven everything. He's the first trainer ever to win a regional and an IC in the same season, right? We aren't just we aren't not even that. Just back to back, just not only back to back tournaments, just two tournaments in general. That's never been done. True. Like not right. even like I mean like think about it. Not a single trainer in the world has won two different tournaments. Any combination of regional, international, two regionals, two internationals, worlds yeah. and regional, like none of it, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we aren't, you know, TCG with Azul, who's just like winning events back to back and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. We don't have we don't have that kind of precedence yet in Go, and I think that, that's very uh, impressive too in itself. But yeah. dude, unbelievable. But yeah, yeah Wadaj, uh, very, very again, like as I've gotten to know him over the season as well. I don't know him as well as I know maybe you know Pocket or Frank, but um, yeah, he's he's been humbled, and that's the thing, right? When you succeed publicly you also fail publicly and a lot of time when you fail that's Uh what's what really prevents people from growing right where they don't feel like they got what they deserved but yeah dude i i don't know i was emotional leading into the um into the grand finals too because it was rise versus wadaj and if you remember when rise won his own regional he was about to choke up right because he had he had done everything right he's one of the best players in the world he qualified for worlds last year and then he comes in and like shadow balls and octel it's just like these (laughs) these tiny mistakes right and i know that he beat himself up for that endlessly about it yeah but he kept on coming back and seeing those two that have arguably had the hardest road to qualify for worlds it was really really amazing dude it was so special like you said it was like a culmination Mm mm-hmm Exactly. And Rise has always been a like a very humble player too. And like I would have been happy if he wanted to, but I think it was just like it like, you know, the it, it's just like the 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 final like finale of Bodaj's yeah. like arc, right? And he also got three would in the first set. And to yeah. come back from that is no easy feat, like, trust me. I've been part of that first part of the creation and I did not come back, right? <laughs> well, in the second well, like, part. Well, like you guys said, he had no answer for Charizard, right? Charizard yeah. was so good for him, but he struggled it was, to beat it. Was it. So good for Rise too, against Rise so too, good. though. So, um, yeah. but it was really good. It was it was really impressive. I mean, uh, yeah, to get swept by someone as good as Rise and to like dig deep and like find win conditions out of that, dude. impressive stuff. Impressive stuff. Um, but dude, overall, the event was awesome. I felt like it was uh, day one. Obviously, for the players, was really tough. But I felt like compared to last year, the events keep getting bigger. There's mm-hmm. more and more pageantry. Having Unite there was absolutely sick. Shout out to Zoinks. Shout out to Do Snacks, Spraggles, and Chef as well. I mean, God, dude, it was such an incredible event. Yeah, we got to bring the hype, man, to try to match them. I mean, I think our I grand know. finals did have some hype, but they were <laughs> hyped for Unite. They were popping you know, off, man. They were hyped, so... Um, I feel like also team games are like it's easier to have like root for a team than for individual players. True. You true. know, so like, you know, like think about like sports, right? Olympics, right? Like if you're like, oh, the I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, maybe Olympics is not the best example, but like like a giant like sporting event, like it's easier to root for like a World Cup team than for like just like Michael Phelps swimming. Right. Like I think Mo- yeah. Michael Phelps has a lot of fans, but again, just him himself. Right. Um, exactly. You know, they might be more example, fan yeah. of Team USA than specifically Michael Phelps, but hmm. you know, uh, yeah. I think that's part of it, and that's the nature of our games and VGC and TCG. But uh, I do think we have a lot of potential for hype. And honestly, those grand finals were pretty hype. If you haven't seen it, check it. Dude. Check out the vods on Twitch.tv slash Pokemon. Right, they're all on the same vod for Championship someday, or you could check it out 
on uh Pokemon's YouTube, youtube.com slash Pokemon. They have they covered they actually covered just the grand finals too. They they spliced that. Um also shout out to how Stark who got third place there. Um yes. he definitely had a tough matchup against both Wadaj and Rise. <sighs> I mean, look, when I saw him in that those matches, I like was like, dude. I know the feeling where it's like you can't do <laughs> nothing against your team's comp, right? That's yeah. how I felt against Elite. Um, Elite also like played incredibly well and pre- outpredicted me, but like it's just like even if I knew the three Pokemon he's locking in every time, I don't know dude. if I could win, right? And that's how Foul Stark probably felt too. You could tell he's like, dude, I have nothing for Charizard, and I gotta face two yeah. Charizards, right? Dude. Um, you know, Rise loose. backstage were taking notes, right? When, when Dodge beat him, yeah. he's like, Oh, he's like, That's how I beat him, right? Because he beat yeah, Rise. I don't yeah. know how he beat Rise. He beat Rise the previous day, 2 0 him. But Rise yeah. is like, Oh, like, I got to lean more into this Charizard. I need this is the strat, right? Dude, um, I'm sure exactly he definitely right. took some notes from Dodge there. Um, but. Yeah, you're exactly right, dude. And it, it provided like a blueprint, right, of how to beat House Stark. And he has such mm-hmm. a tough road there. I mean, every time, man, every time uh, Stark's Registeel would fire the Zap Cannon and it, the, the Zard would shield it, I'm like, <laughs> okay, he took a shield, but now the Zard gets like seven more wing attacks. And then you, yep. you fast forward 10 seconds and Charizard has like double blast burns. He's got nowhere to send that fire type damage. He's got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Dude, it was like hopeless. Nothing. You know? Where were the Charizard at when I had Bastion on him? Yeah. It was just Dre Flames. That was it. Yeah. For real, man. So that would have been nice. I would have loved to see that. But yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, even Bastion's hard to play if you don't get the Bastion lined up. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just that thing is wild. I mean, hey, enjoy it while you can before Carbink is allowed, right? Carbink's not allowed in Ooh. Worlds, but once Carbink's allowed, yo. Dude. Rock Fairy. You just resist. <laughs> you resist wing attack, passport, and dragon claw. Like, what are you gonna do? It's supposed to, five supposed to be a fairy counter, right? It ain't no fairy yeah. counter in this situation. That's a that's a top left situation. So that is, dude. Uh, I would love to commentate that in worlds. So, here goes trainer. <laughs> they run off stage. We, we might have a uh, might have a, a shadow Charizard world champion, right? It looks so good. People looks are going so to try it in, in Yokohama. They're going to dude, try it. I I I really think. That there's going to be more trainers bring Bastion than originally. The only person I know that's that that qualified World Championships with Bastion is myself and um, Rob Drogo. Yeah, from yeah. Australia. Yeah, from Australia. Yeah, that's it. That's I wouldn't it. be surprised if at Worlds it's more than just us bring Bastion. You know for sure I'm bringing Bastion. <laughs> like I, mean, I was going to bring Bastion anyway, but now, oh I'm yeah, of course, definitely of course. bringing it right. Um, of course. Yeah. I mean, I guess Hopak did pretty well in Hartford Connecticut with it too, but that's not usually the team I think he runs. Um, he exactly. That's that's not his MO, right? Like you can you can put on a, a, a tuxedo, right? But if you're not James Bond, it doesn't doesn't fit the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but anyway, what a great weekend. Uh I had a lot of fun commentating it and congrats again to Wadaj as well as Rise and House Stark. I mean, all three are qualified, all three already have the travel package to worlds, but mm. Again, showing why they're some of the best of best in North America. Uh, and that's our last tournament before August 13th, 12th, whatever, whenever it is in Worlds. Worlds well, going to yeah. be hype. I'm excited. Yeah. And then and then like we saw at NAIC, if you weren't watching, there was a sneak preview of the next season coming up. And it's yes. like the, the first or second weekend of September. Dude, oh, boy. Is- We're going back to Peoria. We're going back. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I was in there last year, but... uh. Dude. I almost am curious to go just to, you just should, to see what's about. You 
it's an experience, man. You just you just gotta go. You know what else? The experience eating a hot chip. And for those that are wondering, that's my speed didn't want to do it this week. I got nothing else for you. But yeah. next week, next yeah. week he's gonna do it. Next week the, while while his friend Brett's on too, and Brett's talking about all this stuff. The thing is, the thing is, I don't think it's good content for Caleb to sit there and monologue while I'm like, you know, dying. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll. <laughs> what did no you worry. just like mute my mic? You know, I don't know what. Don't I just... mute your mic. We want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude, that's some real sadistic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to hear the experience. I don't want to hear you choking and stuff. I want to hear like, like while you while it's hot, or like. Speedy, talk, talk, talk through us. What, what are you feeling right now? Right? <laughs> Have you ever seen hot ones? The whole point of hot yeah, ones of is course. you talk while the while eating something hot. That's the whole point, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk to the gent. Be like, so how was your NIC experience? Right? And you gotta talk through it with the hot shit. But yeah, we're, we're aiming for next week. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I feel like you've been saying this, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, that was NIC. It was a fun time. Um, getting into some of the events here, we're gonna kind of go through this kind of quickly. But uh, we have some some stuff that we probably just missed from last week because I might go on and stuff like that. But Mega Rayquaza is coming to Pokemon Go. It's Rayquaza, not Rayquaza, right? Rayquaza, yeah, correct. Rayquaza, yeah. Correct. Um, and uh, Rayquaza is coming, and it will be it will be making its first appearance in person at GoFest in London, Osaka, and New York City. But also, it will make its debut during Global Go Fest. Uh, so I think that's like September or something. Um, yeah. So anyway, a lot of chances to encounter Mega Rayquaza uh, down the road. It's a meteoric evolution. So unlike typical Mega Evolving Pokemon, Rayquaza can't Mega Evolve with Mega Energy. Um, to do it, they need to teach the charge attack Dragon Ascent first. It can only be learned by using a new item, Meteorites. Um mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah they're used meteorites to teach the dragon attack all the stuff um and then there's bonuses right things with flying psychic or dragon type damage or mm-hmm. dragon typing will do more damage uh i assume also you'll earn more additional xp candy and chance of xl candy as well when catching just like typical mega evolutions uh but it's cool mm-hmm. it's three typings why psychic i guess oh it's like all things with like windy weather i guess Cause, cause, oh yeah, cause, maybe cause that's Groudon the... and um, Kyogre had the same s- setup with their primal uh, evolutions, right? I think that it's, a fly- a it's a windy weather, yeah. Windy weather yeah. to be flying second dragons, the three, yeah. Yeah, I just so, like, so just go Rayquaza ahead. No, not, oh, I'm just saying, Rayquaza is not psychic typing, right? So even Mega Rayquaza, so yeah, right. Uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify. August is going to be a super busy month. Uh, the way the weekends are going to shake out is that Osaka and London are the fourth, fifth, and sixth mm-hmm. at the same weekend. Then we have the World Championships. After that, we have GoFest New York on the 18th, 19th, and 20th, and then finally the Global GoFest. I just had to look it up. It's August 26th and 27th. So all four weekends in August are going to be loaded. It's either Osaka, London, World Championships, New York, or Global. Yeah, it's going to be a busy month. Busy, busy, busy. Sorry, cats. I won't see you for a while. But (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to point out this is kind of cool, right? So, uh, again, like this is another MacGuffin. I know some trainers are not happy about this, uh, but the MacGuffin for Rayquaza is going to be picking up these meteorites, right? And essentially, what you have to do, it sounds like, is you have to somehow uh, get these, whether, you know, for example, when you beat rockets, now you get those shadow fragments, you can build the purified gem or whatever. Now it looks like you have to acquire these meteorites and then teach 
a charge attack and then evolve. But this actually opens up a whole new avenue of things, right? Because typically when you spin a Pokestop, you might get like an upgrade or a King's Rock or whatever. I think this is a new potentially cool avenue to make the game more interactive, more deep, not just about, you know, getting candy or grinding Pokestops for random stuff. Maybe this could be like another interactive thing that they implement later into new Pokemon. I think a lot of people that are listening that play the main series probably already have some Pokemon in mind that would benefit from this. But again, this is making the game deeper and more entertaining. So I, I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with it. I don't know if you hate it or love it, Caleb. There's another another um, chore to do in order to make this, but at least it's different from the others. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as hard as it seems, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe maybe we'll have a different approach in a couple weeks, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's... I, yeah, some people are frustrated with it. I don't know. I, I don't... I'm not. I don't have a strong opinion either way at the moment. Yeah. Maybe if it's like super frustrating to get these meteorites and whatever, like then I might say differently. But I don't think it'll be that hard. Mm-hmm. Is my guess. But Agreed. that's just me. Um. But yeah. So looking forward to that. We'll see. I do have a Hondo Rayquaza. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um. And I. Elite TM breaking swipe. No, it already has breaking swipe. Actually, I didn't power it up yet. You got the hundo during the breaking swipe release? That's yeah. actually sick. We talk, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. It's been a while. Oh, man. Yeah. So I haven't started. No, it's all good. I haven't been powering it up yet uh, just because I'm waiting for the Shundo. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, no see, big see. deal, right? No big deal. Sm- Bro, small potatoes. Yeah. Who who traded you the ho You just need to go see them again. Oh, Howard. Yeah. He actually listened Howard. to SoCal. Yeah. Ha- Howard, Howard Garwong. Howard Garwong. Yeah. He, he, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have the Shundo. I had the Shundo. Lucky. Hello, the Shundo Lucky Lugia. Shundo Lucky Rayquaza. Yo, triple flyer team, baby. Ooh. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not the only one. Like, I feel like people have already run that before. <laughs> but Shundo, I don't know. Yeah. Um going into uh our next event, we have the seventh anniversary. Wow, seven years of Pokemon Go. <laughs> Wild. Seventh anniversary. Uh, I don't know about this one, but we'll see. Uh, it's your kind of favorite, right? It's Blastoise. It is. Yeah, Squirtle, War Turtle, all over the cover. But um, yeah, War yeah. Turtle, Blastoise wearing party hats will be new, and Squirtle wearing party hats, I guess. Uh, you get the shiny version of it too, which is really cool. That'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, event bonus increased chance of being lucky friends, chance of finding seven, 77 or more gaming gold coins. When you mm. spin a Pokestop, 77 give me gold coins is a lot. <laughs> from that's spinning a, yeah, ones. that's a chunk right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then there's a bunch of different things for the days. July 6th, you get two times XP for catching Pokemon. July 8th, two times candy for catching Pokemon. July 10th, increased friendship twice as fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 12th, two times XP for evolving Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and the other bonuses, July 7th, uh, Two times. Oh, sorry. I was reading. I was reading out of order. That's why I was ever even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I was like why, why? Why are these states like? Oh, yeah. Again. Yeah. Going backwards, but that makes sense. July seventh. Two times. Stardust for catching Pokemon. July 9th, Half egg hash distance, mm-hmm. and then July eleventh. Two times candy for transfer Pokemon. I do need that one. Uh, increased chance of Pokemon becoming lucky through trades. It's also pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a bunch of random spawns. Meowth being a nice one for. Dust, Togo tomorrow for Butters, um, Galarian <laughs> Ponyta, and Absol if you're lucky. Uh, those yeah. are kind of more rare. Um, and then they have certain Pokemon spawning for different days Gen 1 starters, July 6th, Gen 2, 7th, etc., etc., all the way to the 12th. Yeah. Um, 
I feel yeah. like. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. no, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say? I, I just want to say I feel like this design is almost, or this event is almost over designed. Like this is. I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm just complaining about everything, right? I feel like the Turtonator event was a little too short. I feel like this the Turtonator little... event was way too short. Yeah, yeah, right. I feel like this one's a little too complicated. Like, what if what if you stack up a bunch of Pokemon to evolve? Like, you're Caleb and you believe that level sixty is coming soon, and you're like, oh, I I missed my evolution day because now it's the double you know candy transfer day, and yeah. now I'm you know behind on that. Like, I I understand driving engagement through making these different rewards unique, but this is like having. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is like having seven spotlight hour days, like yep. back to back to back to back to back to back to back. You know what would have been really cool? What? Again, if you're a work for Niantic, you're listening. All right, here it is. Here it is. Save for the eighth anniversary. What if they just had all the bonuses at once for seven days in a row? Ah, uh, that's it, so much. That's so much. Is it bad? Like, these aren't like crazy like quadruple stardust right mm-hmm. people will be playing mm-hmm. you don't think so i think honestly too, too much i think people would play i thought you just said days. i just i thought you just said it's too cumbersome but now if we combine that, it it's too a, much that's the thing i'm never happy dude all right so <laughs> yeah seriously you're not gonna be happy next week when you eat that chip either <laughs> so, so that's the thing right if you have all these bonuses at the same time yeah i think people would Excuse me. People would play for those eight days, and then they would like put their phones down and be like, "All right, I'm burned out." And they would I mean, playing. but that's that's what happens with a good event, right? You go and play for all of it and True. take a break after, right? True. Don't you want them to play it instead of play like only one out of the seven days? Because you're only looking for dust or looking to hatch eggs. Yeah, it's it's a FOMO machine, man. It's the FOMO machine. <laughs> so, like, okay, I, okay. I, okay. I, I got to play then. today. I got to play today because it's double dust, and then you're like tomorrow. I'll take the day off. But wait, it's two times candy for catching, so I need to go catch Toga tomorrow. Wait, like uh, my XL. What? Uh, wait, okay, so what? What, what do you want? Because I, I feel like you don't like that, but you don't like my suggestions. So what See, would you change? I, I'm I'm acting as the voice of the players, right? Who go, I don't know who, who yeah. go on Twitter and they're like frustrated no matter what. I'm yeah, just be you know what no you sound what. like right now because a lot of people are giving this feedback. They're like, dude, when Michael said like, oh, it's like overwhelmed for new players to have all the stuff at once. <laughs> That's what you sound like right now. But like, oh, no, it's too to have all too many bonuses at once, right? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a medium ground, and I don't know what the medium ground is. So I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Bulbasaur. I mean, it's a Squirtle event too. Like, what is there? This should be your event. <laughs> <laughs> no no honestly legit though like all jokes aside i am excited to grind out some of these starters because i'm i'm working on getting the xls for level 50 megas for all these uh that are applicable right like i still need like 70 torchic xls i need some trico xls i'm excited to get some more mega energy and um yeah i mean my personal belief like i know i was, I was joking earlier my personal belief is that this is a little bit over designed a little bit too complicated but hopefully it gets people to play i don't know we'll see yeah um, the other part about this is you also can buy the U and Mew research. It allows you oh, to get yeah. Shiny Mew if you haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but if you already have the Shiny Mew and you've already done that research before, you can't buy it, right? Um, so that's something to note. Um, and then we have Community Classic on the 9th, this Sunday, featuring Squirtle. I like the timing of that because you get Hydro Cannon and stuff like that, right, if you evolve it. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that event. I mean, what do you think? Anything? No, no, no. I think we Squirtle... also have. Oh, I forgot to mention. We also have five star raids: Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Oh, good call, good call. Um, yeah. in the raids, you've got uh, Lapras and Snorlax, which I think are the two uh 
you know, slightly valuable ones if you don't have the XL for <laughs> yeah. Snorlax, that kind of stuff. I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's fine. I think that the the Squirtle day will be fun. Um, again, I'm trying to grind XLs for that. Dude, I I uh, got my first... Uh, oh, man. I don't know if I should tell you. I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll save it for later. Maybe what? What do you mean? Why won't you tell me? Because uh, then, then you're going to want to compete and you might catch up to me. So... Well, let's just anyway, hear it. We'll I mean, it come on. Well, let's just hear it. Well, what you no, mean? no, no. I was going to say, I got Yo, my first... Of- yeah, yeah, go ahead. My first my first uh Mega Gyarados to tier three. I just got it uh What do you uh, compete with you? I would have three Mega Gyarados to tier three. Yeah. I know, I, need I know. I need four. I actually need four. I realized for what? Uh, for so I've realized, right? So this past event, right? I'm leaning hard into it. If you don't know, if y'all don't know about this by now, I'm the monkey king, right? I got <laughs> so much I have I think I really think I have the world record. I'm posting on Twitter later. I think All I have right. the world record for the most amount of Pampor XL candy. Right? <laughs> and you know what? I just I, I I was like roasting on you know you know some of the 19 boys that might be you know setting up all the Pampor and Pancham and Pan <laughs> Pan Sage right spawns. Yeah. Or not Pan Pancham. It's a Pan Sage Panseer. Panseer. Yeah. Pancham is the the panda looking thing, right? That, <laughs> yeah. I, I always get that confused. Um. Yeah. Especially in the last episode, right? With Michael, I'm like, why are these the spawns, right? I have so many of them. But again, personal, <laughs> like a personal issue because I go to so many of these events for the commentary yeah. stuff and speed us as well. Like, there's most people don't have this issue. And I think it might not be the worst idea for these events. But so I just fully leaned into it, evolved Mega Gyarados <laughs> every time. And it works so well with the Dark Flames event because there's Dark Pokemon too. So you got Water and Dark Pokemon. I was getting XL came for both. I evolved this <laughs> thing every single day. And guess what? I still need a mega entry because I was evolving too many of them. Oh, no. I was, I was hitting the cap. So I need four. I thought three was enough, right? It's like three-day cooldown. No, I need four. Yeah. These have overlapping too many days. It's only eight hours, right? So it's not really only, like the full 24 hours. Only right? eight hours. Only eight hours. Yeah, I'm catching Pampor for more than eight hours a day, so I need to overlap them, right? <laughs> anyway. Dude, so, in my mind, in my mind, I was always like, okay, I need three, right? Eight, 16, 24. That's, that's 24 hours of coverage if it's a whole day event. If I'm waking up, Every hour on the hour throughout the night to turn out turn on my Go Plus. Yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Twenty four hours is I'm good. Desmond, but you're over here. You, you <laughs> yeah. need thirty two hours. Thirty two hours of overlap here. My Dude, goodness. I need I need plenty. Yeah. I need I need a lot. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I need thirty two hours. Thirty two hours. That's why. At least I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. I got Mary Gyarados. <laughs> I mean, I got Gyarados NG for days. Right. Let me take a look. Yeah. So I got four hundred forty four. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We got this. We okay. Got this. Nice. Um. All right. So take a guess. Right. I was at thirty seven hundred Pampor XL candy before going to Columbus. Guess how much I'm at right now. All right. So I will say because of the Dark Flames event, the spawns were a lot more concentrated than they were. At, for example, Fresno. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot more Vulpix and and uh, Carvana and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm gonna say you hit five k, five thousand. Oh no, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think this this is getting this many XLs out of attending a whole year's worth of events, oh, right? Yeah. Um yeah. 45, 4500. It's pretty close. 44. 4408. Still the record. For Pampor. 21,000 plus Pampor can't regular candy. Yeah. Jeez. I've I've caught two rank twos for Ultra League, two rank threes for Great League. Like I'd start transferring them because I was like, why do I need two of these, right? Um, I have like so. I have another. I have so many hundos. I have. I don't Dude, have that many hundos. I have two. You can, but I have so many can, shinies. You can build almost fifteen. 10, 11, 12, 13 shinies, huh? Yeah. You can build almost fifteen level fifty pan pours with that. <laughs> and counting. That's almost. 
Dude, yeah. you're approaching like you're more than two full raid teams at level fifty pan yeah. pan. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever's. Uh, yeah, it evolves into. Uh, I know, I know, I blanked out. Something I don't semi four. Semi four is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I looked it up. Semi four. Semi four. Semi four. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even think I have one evolved actually. Dude, oh, you no, got I evolved. One. The, I do have one evolved. You got evolved the Gary again for uh <laughs> for Squirtle Day. Uh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, by then the the cooldowns reset, so I'll be good. I only need one Gyarados for that one. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm on that grind. I'm on that grind. Well, congrats sure. on your first Gyarados Mega Evolution, dude. Slowly moving up. <laughs> I, yeah, I will post, say, I'll post on Twitter to see if anyone has me beat or not. But okay. I will say it was cool to see the Mega Sableye raids at NAIC. I did a few of those because, again, dude, Halloween event. We have this in common, man. I already have three Sableyes I picked out that I want to uh, Mega. Oh, really? Okay. I actually only have one. I only have one Hundo. But I have a bunch of ghosts. I already have three Gengars. Uh, Mm. Mega Evolved to three. I have a Binet. So usually when I'm doing my Gimme Gold Coin bag, I do that. I uh... I have so much excels on that. I don't even need them, but. Dude, that's that's another thing. I need to get on my gimme ghouls. I need. To I have gimme ghoul stuff. I just don't have the hundo. Uh, so save dude. yours if you want to swap them. But I'm at 682 XL gimme ghoul and 4400 in regular candy. And so I have you're ready. Yeah, I have over like I have over a thousand gimme ghoul coins. But mm. yeah, one of my one of my hundo sableyes is actually a wax cap sableye. If you remember that, oh nice, <laughs> like the candle wick on top. Yeah, yeah. that's neat. Shiny? No, unfortunately. That'd be nice. But it's a hundo. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really nice. All right. Um, well, getting into our next topic, the community ambassador program is being relaunched, uh, for better okay. or worse. But um, <laughs> I, I was just—I love, I love how you prefaced. That. Sorry, dude. Was that too snarky? Um, no, anyway, no, it's fine. I mean, it was a uh, a program that was part part of the Sylph and Niantic collaboration, um, but now it's just part of just Pokemon Go because Sylph is. No longer going to be a thing. It is going to be. It's launched in July. So this. Oh no! It was launched in July last year, and then. Wait. Yeah, yeah. It was launched, and it's. I guess just being relaunched again. But you can apply. Yeah. So make sure you apply if you want to be a part of it. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. So just check out their website on how to apply and everything like that. Um, I do. I will say part of it. I think is. Um, I don't know if this is related, but they are like they are have apparently they have launched. Um campfire globally i know some of our comments on our last youtube video said that that wasn't the case but i uh, saw that yeah yeah hopefully it is being launched fully by now um i haven't done this myself yet but they have this like ask people to help you with raid function dude it's pretty much pokey chini raids i know i know i'm so glad you dropped that i'm so glad you just said it because i'm not saying like i'm not recommending people to use pokey chini stuff because that third-party app but now you can essentially do it on campfire so um I haven't tried it myself yet, so I don't know if it works or not, but that's just kind of how what I thought <laughs> of when I saw it. Yeah. So like... p- pull, up, pull up to a raid, enter the lobby, and then use Campfire to like invite other people to join you. So Dude, there's that. Just... Like, why is Niantic doing this? Like, why not just bring back the old remote race system? You could keep this system around, but like, people can't do raids. So to encourage you to go outside and do raids, you're going to do a remote raid. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I think this is a nice feature to help you get raids done. But you're doing essentially the Poke Genie raids thing, except on Campfire. But, like, this is can't be what the em- envisioned 
rework a pro- re- remote races for Niantic, right? Like, this can't be, like, what they're hoping for. But this is the resort they're going to to make sure that people in rural areas or people without a lot of raid with in person can do raids. But, again, then, like, what was the whole point of reworking the raid system? You're still remote raiding, but now with a bunch of strangers instead of people you built online communities with. Am I wrong? Dude, I just want to let that one. I, I wanted to let that one hang in the air for a second. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, and and that's that's the thing too. Like it feels like again, Niantic is is like they have all the ingredients, right? But they're like throwing the butter in before they're supposed to, you know, throw the sauce in or something. They're just like they don't. Oh, for example, if you think about, um, oh, I had the example in my mind. If you think about remote raids, right? Like to your tweet, you said, "Why don't they give trainers other ways to connect?" and actually do raids together before they just absolutely gut the remote raid system. Yeah. Right. Why don't you actually like encourage them to go out and do things first and then say, by the way, we're going to make this shift now that you have your local communities. That's how you can be sustained. Now we're going to take the next step in our vision air quotes that can help you to get, you know, closer to what, how we want you to play the game. And it's the same for the, for the boxes in the store. This is going back even further, right? If your ultimate goal is to make the web store, the place to go, release it, make it seem really cool, make people go there first and then start to slowly decrease the quality of the boxes in the Apple store if you're not willing to pay the extra fees and everything like that. Like just just be coherent, just line things up, follow the recipe. Just actually give people somewhere to go so that they're not just stranded and just disappointed. Yeah, and the thing is like this is not a novel idea, right? Like Bogujin is already no. around, people are doing rates for it. And I'm not saying like again, I'm not encouraging people to use a third party app for this stuff. I'm just stating the obvious of like what's around. Um but also like this is not like yeah, it's a solution to their problems, but it can't be the the solution or the, the approach they wanted, they envisioned, right? Sure. So only doing this because you have no way to doing it why not just bring back the old remote raid thing like, and just let people do it with their friends, right? Like, Then you're actually building a community. Maybe not the community they want, but you're building an online community rather than these random people I'm about to add through Campfire for like one raid and what I'm going to do. Hit them up on Campfire be like, yo, nice raid there we just did. You want to be friends in real life and meet up? Like, what? No, people aren't going to do that, right? I don't know. That's definitely not a safe approach. I wouldn't recommend people doing that with strangers in general, yeah. but like, even if that was safe to do, I don't think people would do it. Um... I don't know. That's not related to camp community ambassador program, but that was something I noted uh, with the campaign. Yeah. So, so going back to the community ambassador program, one of the one of the best answers Michael gave in our interview was that they're really going to invest in the locals in the community ambassador program. They're really going to partner with people in order to run tournaments, local activations, all that kind of stuff. I mean, again. Uh, like like he himself said, actions will speak louder than words. And I'm really excited to see what they decide to do. I really hope we see some real movement on this because I do think personally, if we're going to start to resurrect Pokemon Go, if we're going to start to grow the PvP space for real, it has to start at the local level. I don't know if there's any other answer besides you know new feature releases or something that pull people back to the game, but you kind of need both regardless. You need new features and you need a strong grassroots. Yeah, and you know when I when I introduce the topic, I sound a little snarky. I, I didn't mean it in that way. Like I do think it's a great like program, it, all in all. Uh, I was just more so like I'm like, all right, well, we had a great community master program with Sylph and Ninety mm-hmm. Partnership, and they just killed it off, and here it comes again, right? But I do think the program itself is a good idea. I mean, I talked to our local community master back at least when the Sylph thing was happening. And he was great too. You know, he went to our local like Sylph tournaments and like was like giving out prizes and like just engaged with us, which was really cool. So. 
Um, shout out to Rit, who was uh, who is our local community ambassador. But I do think <clears throat> for those that are very invested in trying to get their community more involved and stuff, like it's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah. hopefully applying stuff. And yeah, that Dude, does for that. Being, being a community ambassador is one of the most thankless roles. Like you get all the problems, right? When people, uh, you know, when you're dealing with people, but none of the thanks, right? So shout out to all of our community ambassadors, tournament organizers, the people that aren't in front of the camera, the people that aren't getting a lot of praise for this, but still do it. We mm-hmm. would not exist without them. So I really hope this program successful. I agree. I honestly, honestly, Caleb, your, your intro really like <laughs> it cracks, <laughs> it cracks me up. Cause I was like, damn, I feel the same way, but at the same time, like let's be real, the community ambassadors, we need them. We need them really badly. Yes, we do. We do. Um, before we get into the tea topic, we should hammer out this legend bet, right? Oh my god. Yeah, RC Cole really wants us to run like a freaking half marathon Dude, or something. I'm not I'm not for it. Uh, King IV really King IV, right? Who yeah. who's just been smashing every single goal he set for himself. He yeah. tweeted today that he tried to run a five K and couldn't do it. If freaking King IV can't do it. I am not going to gonna throw it. my hat in the ring. All right. I'm still down to perm all my hair, which is like very long. Are you down to still play Fortress in the... Oh, we, we have the dates. We have the dates to go play Pokemon tournaments. When's the first oh, one? Oh, yeah. Is it Pittsburgh? Um, is it... Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the first one. It's like the 9th, I go? think, of September. If you lose. Dude. If you lose the bet. Head Dude, out to Pittsburgh. We have to see, uh, we have to see how our schedules shake out. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not commentating it. The first one, you're not commentating. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's do it. All right. You playing Fortress? You know, it's 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 not like there's a Charizard meta or anything, so you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Fortress versus Carbink. I'm about to look that matchup up right now. <laughs> Dude, double super effective mirror shot. Holy crap! Dude, Fortress is the new meta. Wait, it really might be. Yo, mirror shot and Rock Tomb. Screw screw the earthquake. You have Rock Tomb. One shot Charizard. It doesn't one shot Noctowl Altaria. One shot Charizard. Bruh. Bruh. All right. Nobody's nobody's playing Venusaur against me if I've got if I've got Fortress. Man, come on. Dude, yeah, run, run, fortress, and like triple groundwater. Like you got Swamper, Quagsire, and <laughs> and Whiskash. Ain't no yeah, problem. Yeah. Charizard could only do so much against those things, right? <laughs> Dude, I'm about to look it up right now. All right, we're locking it in. Uh, okay, I, I need, I need to ask you too. Do you want to sure. not not looking good on the Sims? <laughs> um, uh, it's not as good as I hoped, but yeah. go ahead. Do you want a two week buffer or what? You need to tell me right now. Oh, you can't yeah. say this after the fact. The I haven't hit legend buffer. by any means, so. Yeah, I don't know. My friends have been telling me to take the two-week buffer, so might as well. All right, all right. Blame it on your friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, I do. Um, I will say, though, I've actually been slacking big time. People hitting legend left and right. Dude, I, I haven't Dude, hit I'm seeing yet. that. I'm seeing it on yet. Twitter. I'm at 2600. Yeah, like, I've literally, because I, I, I haven't really, you know, we didn't get to play at all this weekend, right? Yeah. Community day, uh, go bow day. Um, but yeah, I'm at 2600, so you have nothing to worry about. What are you at? You might be a higher elo than me. No, dude, I'm like I'm like 24. So okay, dude, we're both yeah. chill and chill. I've never felt so washed in my life. I, I was <laughs> I was sitting next to uh to Flying Pizza, I believe his name is. Yeah, in the airport leaving. So close, uh, Yeah, leaving Columbus, and dude, we were literally like. He was playing spicier stuff than me. He literally uh, played Absol and he wild charged a Loma Mola in single. What? I didn't even know how Absol learns. <laughs> I know, dude. He he was auto wrecking, and that was that was really fun to watch. But he's actually uh, cracked as well. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's great at Sylph too this season. Mm-hmm. I think it was his first Sylph season. Whatever, he's like killing it. Um, yeah. He had like yo. a sixty percent win rate to get to Legend last season, 
it was That's like nice. He played eight hundred games or so, and still Did got you start it. towards the end. Yeah, uh, right. I don't. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. That's so impressive, him. though. We might face each other actually in this King of the Hill format. By the Ooh, way. Oh, all right. Yeah. There yeah. You go. A lot of uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet. A lot of EU, uh, EMEA, E-M-E-A mm-hmm. teams, uh, were eliminated from the worlds thing. It's like you know, so there's like there's like eight groups or something. So like one from each region, mm-hmm. and the breakdown was the ones that made it past the group stage, top two from each group make it past. Six NA teams. Five APAC teams, three LATAM teams, two EMEA teams. And you know, Amanda oh. Lumber, you know, our co-caster I from saw, Europe, she big into her Euro- European teams, right? But, uh, yeah, no. I saw. That's not the case. King of the Hill, which is the format for all the teams that did make the world, someone that my team's in. Uh, NA, there's eight left for NA, five for EMEA, two for LATAM, and one for APAC. But for that one, though, there's arguably less total APAC teams that even started in that one because there's just less of them in general. So that one's like more of a numbers game than Worlds. Mm-hmm. But uh Yeah. Well yeah, like you said in your tweet, there they're just simply more entries, you know, from North American yeah. teams. So yeah. yeah. I mean hey, no hate on any teams from EMEA there, but it just Worlds is something else. Yo, the Indian teams, shout out, man. Those teams have been killing it. They need Tough. more spots at Worlds for TPC for uh, the Go Championship Series for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's get into the T this week. So right. let me just timestamp this. But yeah, it was uh, this was shortly after our episode was released last week too. So you know, is it related to the episode? No, <laughs> but probably for the best that uh, it happened afterwards because I don't know if we want to keep. Asking Michael about all these things that were happening yeah. the week because they roll back the encounter distance and then now this. But uh, it was a message from uh, John Hankey uh, shared the following email with Niantic employees. Uh, this was posted on the official Niantic website, but it was not like a leaked email or anything, but nope. they just want full transparency. Uh, it was on June 29th. Um, dude, it's a long email, so I'm actually not going to go into all of it. Yeah. But essentially, what happened is. Um, because they're going to focus more on certain games they're working on and just let go of some of the other ones, mainly being uh, the NBA All-World game and uh, Marvel Worlds of Heroes games. Um, and that also means that they're laying off 230 Niantic employees. Mm-hmm. Um right. To answer this specific point, why are we making the change? To answer straightforward, we have allowed our expenses to grow faster than revenue. In the wake of the revenue surge we saw during COVID, we grew our headcount and related expenses to in order to pursue growth more aggressively, expanding existing games, game teams, our AR platform work, new game projects, and roles to support our products and our man and employees. Dude, I'm just gonna stop this real quick. This is just pet peeve of mine. John Hankey doesn't use the Oxford comma? What in the world? <laughs> That's the biggest news. That's it right there. Exposed. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't use it. Oh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jesus John Christ. Hankey, but that's personal pet peeve of mine. I don't think John Hankey's listening to this, but uh, maybe yeah. he is. Uh, post, Post-COVID, our revenue returned to pre-COVID levels and new projects in games and platforms have not delivered revenues commensurate with those investments. 
This sure. change will bring expenses and revenue back into line while preserving our core assets and long-term upsides. Uh, they talk about why this happened, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I might as well say why why they think this happened. Uh, there are both internal and external factors. We are operating in a tough market environment due to the overall global macroeconomic shutdown, as well as unique challenges in the mobile gaming and AR markets. In the years since Pokemon Go's launch, the mobile market has become crowded, and changes to the App Store and the mobile advertising landscape have made it increasingly hard to launch new mobile games at scale. We also face an AR market that is developing more slowly than anticipated because of technology challenges and because larger players are slowing down their investments in light of the macro environments. We also bear responsibility for our own performance. Today's highly competitive mobile gaming market requires dazzling quality and innovation. It also requires strong monetization and a social core which can drive viral growth and long-term engagement. Teams need platform tools that are force multipliers, enabling them to build at the highest quality with powerful engagement features quickly and effect- efficiently. Our air map and platform must deliver the features that developers want in a robust and reliable way. We have not met our goals in those areas. But they say a bunch of other stuff. Um, they are going to. They also said they are the top priority is to keep Pokemon Go healthy and growing as a forever game. While we have made some adjustments to Pokemon Go team, our investment in the product and team continues to grow. I think that's the main one, right? They're going to focus on some other things. Um, look, this is a this is a tough <sighs> one too. It's a sensitive topic, right? Um, but I think it's one that we can't gloss over. And I think uh, definitely, you know, our thoughts go out to those that were laid off, especially those we work with. I mean, I thought uh, when I first saw this, I was like. Well, I might not know these employees, right? I don't know any employees that work on the NBA at the Marvel game for Niantic, but turns out I actually know a couple of the employees that were laid off and they they weren't just like some of them work with Go, right? Some of them I interact mm-hmm. with. Uh two specific human managers that come to mind were laid off, right? That I've interacted yeah. with in the past. Yeah. Uh and, and, and they're community manager for Go. I mean obviously probably for their other games too, but like like I I was shocked by that, right? Um mm-hmm. but uh yeah, thoughts on your and for, from you, Speedy, before we go too deep into this. No, I just want to echo your point, right? I mean, these are real people with, with real jobs. And I saw a lot of heartbreaking posts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, people saying they didn't even have a chance to go say goodbye to their colleagues, right? They just yeah. got this email and then were basically told to stay home. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I'm not a I'm not a CEO of a major multi-billion dollar company, right? I don't I don't have the same experience that these people have and maybe it invites all kinds of other issues if you if you do this differently but I just feel like this isn't this is a really awful uh situation and a really terrible place for a lot of these people to be and I know words are just words but what they're going through is really tough right not having a job one day and then not even being being able to come into work the next day is really bad that's feels like you're just you know, forgotten or tossed aside. So I hope these people land on their feet, right? Because they're much more than just they just a job that they had at Niantic. But I don't know. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, it comes down to leadership, right? It comes down to seeing the market for what it is, anticipating these things coming, trying to foster really, you know, successful and promising ventures, and their consequences. 
straight up their consequences, right? Some of it's out of their hands. For example, the global uh, startup investment market has really tanked over the last six to nine months. Uh, esports in general are suffering. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies are cost cutting. It's not just Niantic. It's everything from fast food to uh, business consulting to manufacturing. Across the board, a lot of companies are trimming down their workforce. So this isn't unprecedented, but it just feels like cause and effect because uh, I, I was wondering myself, how long does it take for like revenue rollover to occur when they can actually start to predict when their revenues will go up or, or go down? And it's been exactly 89 days since they reversed the remote rate pass changes. And a lot of people want to oversimplify and say, well, if they didn't change that, then everything would be fine. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's exactly the case. I do think that they invest in a lot of things all at the same time. You saw it coming, Caleb. I saw it coming. A lot of people we talked to were saying, man, they're really building a lot of games all at one time. Are they distracted? Are they not focused on Pokemon Go? Is there something else going on? Like they're expanding so quickly and it feels unsustainable. And that's from the outside. Mm -hmm. I don't know, looking from the inside, if they thought they just couldn't lose, if they couldn't go wrong. But apparently it's a lot harder to replicate the success that they've had with Go than they thought and yeah that's just the reality i mean yeah part of it is like they're spending a lot of they're they're you they're you doing a lot they're having they have a lot of expenses from these other games they're trying to build into but they're also cutting the revenue from go right i mean it's it's no surprise right there's no way changing the remote rates doesn't do that right like that's i mean like let's just talk about it. it's the elephant in the room right it's like it's it, let me actually read this tweet from um couple of gaming actual actually before oh this is a really go good to, one yeah do it because i think this is a good one um they're actually a couple of gaming uh they're on twitter and you know they make content um, but i think they're actually partner creators as well in the 90 creative program um but they say well and also we, we met them too actually at usc last mm-hmm. year in germany it was really really nice people um they said usually not the type to tweet out stuff like this but it's annoying to see so many good people lose their jobs. How can revenue be expected to not go back to pre-COVID times when all the benefits of the COVID features are rolled back and the game is now at the state where it was back during pre-COVID? Want revenue? Easy. Lift the remote rate pass limits. Make incense more effective, stationary. Leave fun new bugs as they are when it only benefits the player and makes a game exciting for once after so long and in general listen to the community and with that boom revenue back uh, and with that boom revenue back and 230 people never would have lost their job good night pokemon go twitter yeah i mean i honestly i think it's like you know is it that simple maybe not but i think mm-hmm. like that is definitely a process uh, like that could lead to a solution right for the down yeah. road. Like like who who is shocked that Niantic is losing out on revenue like after you know after changing the remote rate pass. Like we see players that we've known for years quit the game because of some of these decisions and we know these people spend a lot of money, right? Yeah, no, they're not funding like 230 people's job themselves. But they're definitely funding a good chunk, right? And people and there's it's a collective thing, right? If people like that quit, there are other people like that that are quitting too. And it's just like again, like you know, I, this is not like um, I'm not using this as like a springboard talking point to get remote rate pass back because again, I said it before, like I never really remote rate rated myself, but I know a lot of friends that do. But it's just more so like it's the like actions have consequences, 
and mm-hmm. you can you don't just cut out one of your biggest revenue sources in my opinion i don't know i don't know what the 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 financial books look like <laughs> from niantic but my guess is that is a big source of the funding right um yeah and like like you don't cut that without having consequences and you know like maybe John Hankey, I don't know. I want to speak for John Hankey. Whatever. Maybe whoever's making decisions thought they were invincible, right? And yeah. they they were like these things would not slow them down. Like they they thought the other games would take off, or they were they were fine with having less revenue to maintain this vision they're looking for. Which again, this vision hasn't really come about. We talked about it. they now have campfire where is they have they have pokey uh pokey genie raids in their campfire. Like that's not the vision that they probably want either, right? They're not even reaching the vision they want and they're cutting revenue for, for what? Just to lose mm-hmm. two hundred thirty great employees. Right? Yeah. Like they're not getting named fired, they're getting laid off, right? It's not like they're underperforming, they just cannot afford their paychecks. Um and it's it's really disappointing to see because Again, like you know, some of them I've worked with too, and it's and like they were great to work with, and it's just it's just unfortunate. But also, like, like just imagine the 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 company morale, right? But also, they're spread thin, right? We we're talking about this earlier, right? Wouldn't it be nice to have nineteen employees at some of these regionals, internationals, worlds? Sure, yeah. but like, there's even less now. To, <laughs> to, they, I'm sure Dang they're it. taking on additional responsibilities now, right? That they weren't before. Like, they're not going to be able to do this, right? They're not going to be able to fix certain things that they want to fix or work on new developments when they have to address some of the, you know, other roles that people have left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, yeah. that's and, a tough time. Yeah. And and like with every company, right? When when people are suddenly no longer there, their responsibilities are divvied up among other employees that are still there until they find, you know, a replacement for the role or whatever. And uh, over the past couple of years, this is not the first time this has happened. Right, where mm-hmm. it feels like so many good, hardworking people get even more work onto their plates, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you, like you pointed out earlier, and I, I said the same. I think that some people at high levels just thought they were invincible. They thought that there would be returns. They had enough cash flow to make investments, and they thought it would work. And it apparently hasn't. And it's it's just so tough, right, man? Like this is this is what really bugged me so much about Peridot. This this actually really irritated me so badly because Niantic and Pokemon Go is one of the biggest, most loyal, most committed, most uh, active and energized AR player bases in the world, right? Pokemon Go, obviously one of the most downloaded Pokemon games ever. And these players are committed to Go. They love, you know, your game. It's so easy to just say, hey, we're going to treat you well. And by the way, if you like what we made, check out our other game as well. Come over and enjoy it. You know, maybe just give it a try. You already have your customer base right there. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're running a small business and you have the emails of thousands of clients and instead of just, you know, funneling them into your new system, you make them angry. You piss them off with the remote rate changes and then you introduce your new game and you say, (laughs) oh, well, you know, now that I spit on your shoe, why don't you just go ahead and try my new game? Of course, they're not going to play it. Of course, they're not going to. It's like, again, when you have fish in a barrel, you don't need to try that hard to just put the lure down there and catch some. It's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. You already did the hard work. (laughs) You already did the hard work by building Pokemon Go. So why are you shooting yourself in the foot when you're trying to build new things too? I don't get it. I don't understand. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. Time and time again too. (sighs) I feel like the – in. I mean, I don't want to like harp on this one too much. This, you know, who knows? But um, like the expanded encounter distance thing, 
was like the first positive thing I've seen a lot of people rave about on Twitter in a long time. And even that was a glitch that they rolled back. Like, dude, Whoops. you know, I like the best thing that came about that is we got like 4,000 plus new listeners for one episode, right? That got it. I mean, I think my people will check it out, even if that didn't, wasn't the thing that uh, Michael talked about in the episode. But like, dude, why? Yeah, like, I don't it's know. just, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I'm at a I'm at a loss for words as I know a lot of you listening are as well. I just don't know what to what to do about it. I mean, I don't know. Make Caleb and I the CEO CFO. I don't know. I don't know what you need to do here. Responsibility. I mean, you know, we we Is don't he... know we don't know what a lot of the inner workings are. Like we said, like we're not even partner creators with their program and stuff too. Which mm-hmm. um okay, I will say that was actually a question that came up a lot on a previous episode. Uh, when we're, we're like gathering questions for Michael, they're like, why aren't there PP content creators partnered in a creative program? Um, I don't know, but obviously, like, I just didn't really feel comfortable at putting Michael on the spot there because that's not his role, yeah. right? Like, that's yeah. like a very specific question for like the community managers and whatever, and yeah. um, or whoever's overseeing that program. I'm sure they have a lot on their plate at the moment, so I'm not really going to ask that question as well. But the only partner PP content creator, to my knowledge, well, one used to be though, but he left the program and mm-hmm. the game. And then uh, uh, Swagron. Yeah. I, I don't know if Sonal Roman's part of the program or not, but I know Swagron is. But Swagron does more than just PP content, right? Like He, he does, does a lot of general content, which is why he's he's so big in Latam for good reason. Um, but again, like even if Swagron just did PP content, I think there needs to be more than just him, right? I don't disagree, right? It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Speedy. It just should be some people, right? Yes, um, exactly. We've worked with Niantic in the past, but we're just not official, officially part of that program. And um, I don't know why. I don't know why. And I, I, we already had a ton of questions from Michael, and that seemed like – I don't think that was a bad question, right? I just want to acknowledge mm-hmm. that. We did see it. but it was just, It's just more personal. Yeah, just more personal. But, At least um, for us. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that wasn't the best place to ask. Which yeah, Yonkis Yon- has the same thing, right? Yonkis tweeted, he's yeah. like, we have all these GoFests. We have, you know, London, Osaka, and New York, and there's not a single PvP creator that speaks English listed on any of these promotions. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, for the meetups and anything. Like, why? Why not? I don't I don't know. <sighs> I maybe don't know. we're just asking for too much, Caleb. Maybe, maybe, you <laughs> know, maybe we're the crazy ones here. Maybe Scroll Trapper is right all along. I don't know. I'm questioning everything. Funny enough, I don't think Scroll Trapper commented on the last. last I know he's slacking. Four thousand something people. Yeah. They're slacking, I should say. I yeah. don't know, but um, it's not. It's like silver lining with the layoffs, which is not a lot of silver linings. But I think silver lining, hopefully, is that it's like a wake up call, right, for leadership so. and Niantic, and be like, look, we gotta get our stuff together, yeah. right? Like we yeah. want, like. Like we we need I I hope they're doing some reflecting on what's going on right because again uh, there might be nice boys listening to this but I don't know if it's necessarily in their power to do that right um to do a lot of these changes might be very high up there but like there needs there needs to be some stuff there needs to be big stuff changed not just with Pokemon Go probably with main I don't I don't know the other games to know like how much they enjoy it or like if there's any like negative feedback from the community or mm-hmm. not but. As for Go, we know that there's there's definitely some trust that needs to be rebuilt within the community and a lot. But also there just needs to be a lot of things 
I don't know. Just things just need to be better, right? Like it's yeah. Like you, honestly, again, I've said it so many times. If something's going well for a game, don't change it. Don't get rid of it, right? Like yeah. make it better, but don't like revert back stuff, right? Like stationary incense was not that big of a deal. Like, like just bring like why get rid of it, right? I guess a COVID thing too, right? But like normal yeah. ray passes, like wasn't that big. Just build on top of it, right? Like yeah. whatever, just, whatever they envision with nerfing their own rate stuff, it did not. It's not here, right? You wouldn't be doing remote rate campfire pokey genie esque raids if you got what you're looking for, right? Th- this yeah. is happening because you didn't, and um, and that's fine. It's okay to admit that maybe things didn't go as well and bring it back, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, would you would still lose some trust, maybe, but it's a good way to start rebuilding the trust, right? It's like if I messed up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least go back to what I was doing before before I mess up, right? At a minimum. Yeah, at a minimum. And that's the thing, right? It's it's a relationship. It's a relationship between the company and the players, right? Because there are people involved no matter what. It's not like this computation where you just say, okay, my vision is this, so my my algorithm spits out this is the answer. It's not that easy. There have to be some some give and take, some meet in the middle situations, right? Like maybe you don't like the stationary incense. So maybe you introduce on Thursdays, it's incense day. And your spawns are one minute every single time you trigger an incense. I don't know, like something. Give the players back something. Don't just try yeah. to like beat them with well, a I stick. Think, and I think that's your play style. I think that was their approach because it used to be thirty minute incense. Now it's an hour. But like, I would yeah. still be like, look, keep station incense, but say, hey, if you're walking around with it though, more increased chance of second, third stage evolutions. Sure. Right or yeah, yeah. You, or well yeah no you can't do the birds because that's that's <laughs> but 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 that that was a great idea you could do station incense or you could do yeah. adventure incense right sure. or, or or what was it called the daily yeah. incense right da- daily, it, daily, yeah. daily daily adventure incense. daily daily adventure incense right mm-hmm. you can't get your Galarian birds with without daily adventure incense you have to walk around for that make that non stationary yeah easy right you got people out and about doing that right right give me goal same thing you have to go out and walk around it. Meltan box, you don't be you could be stationary, but fine. But people already have so many Meltan, it doesn't matter, right? Same thing with regular incense. Mm-hmm. People already have plenty of Pokemon in general. Like, why not just make that stationary, right? Quality life yeah. enhancement. I, I don't know. It's just dude, it just it floors me, right? Like, like in, in the article, they literally said the global market is more more challenging and and AR games, the mobile gaming market is very mature, and only the most only the best and most differentiated titles have a chance to succeed. Dude, if only you were running a mo- a mobile game where you could touch millions of players in one second with a push notification and send 10% of them over to your new game that would then subsequently have a better launch than 99% of the other games in the in the freaking app store uh-huh. if only you had the power to do that and your players actually loved you and adored what you were doing and actually followed your your advice and your cue if only somebody had the power to do that i just i can't man it's so frustrating i can't <laughs> Dude. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just, it's just. No, I know, dude. Like seriously, yeah. it's, it's comical. It's comical, man. At times, yeah. it just feels that way. Like, why? I don't know. Obviously, it's always easier to sit here on the outside and say that you have ideas and you could fix everything, but it just feels like when things are right in front of you, you just need to take them. Yeah, like you said too. There's certain things out of out of Niantic's control, right? The global market and all that stuff. But there's a lot that is within Niantic's control. Mm-hmm. And that is where I hope they're doing reflection on. But yeah, I don't know. I want people to sound off, right? I know we've asked for a few different yeah. interaction points, but if you're still here listening, please let us know. Like, are we the crazy ones? Is Squirrel Trapper right? 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, uh, I like that was a good tea segment. You know, a little a little hot, but hot it's tea. Definitely good. hot. Yeah, the, the the kettle the kettle had been whistling for a few minutes. On that. <laughs> That's true. It it's hot. been so hot, I was too scared to take it off the stove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm let Speed do his thing, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. Uh, again, it was great to see you this past past week as Dude. well, and everyone that was there. Likewise. Um, and yeah, Japan's the next tournament coming up. I mean, I will say though, uh, leading up to Japan, so there's a few things. One. Uh, we're gonna pre-record two episodes, so be on the lookout for that. So yeah. that way, we still have a weekly release because we're not going to be able to con- record it in Japan. Um, but they will be related, right? They will be related to worlds and stuff like that. So it won't be like we won't be just talking about some random event that happened like two weeks prior, right? Like that's not going to help anyone. Um, the other thing is Sylph is wrapping up soon. They have their Sylph worlds for factions going on right now. They're King of the Hill, but they also have individual Sylph coming up. Um, I don't know when the invites come out for that. Hopefully, I'll be competing at their Continental. So I've competed at Continental slash Worlds uh, every single year for nice. Silk since it came out. So mm. not trying to break that streak, but I might go out real quick. <laughs> just do terribly <laughs> we'll in there. I haven't done so great in any of their Continentals, but it would be nice to just you know end off on a nice note there. Um, so we'll keep you posted on all that stuff. And um, yeah, and if you have questions about Japan. Drop them down below in the comments, right? Write it down so we can ask Brad. And the more questions, the better, because Speedy won't be talking much up next episode with the hot <laughs> shit. Fair. It'll be me and Brad. Right? We'll be like, man, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. What is that? that? Death sounds from that third microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, so that should be a good one. So definitely drop your questions down below, and uh, we look forward to having Brad on. Uh, but any last words? No, honestly, man, I, I want to echo your sentiment. It was great to see you this past weekend. I think you and Butters crushed the grand finals. If you want more of that content, if you didn't experience it live, definitely go watch the VOD. It was one of the best grand finals we've ever had. And uh, honestly, like you, me, Gabby, Butters, our passion bleeds through on these broadcasts. We love what we do. It's one of the best things uh, in my life right now. So Again, really excited for that. Really excited for things that are coming, right? Go fast, seeing more friends, maybe even seeing this Caleb guy again. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe that maybe that'll be okay. But either way, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And thank you for all your time and attention that you gave, especially to the Michael interview. If you're new here, like Caleb said, please stick around. Please listen for more. We're, I, we're again, heavily focused on PvP, but we are players at the end of the day. So we uh, we try to follow as much as we can. Yeah, and we will be both at Osaka and New York, too, for GoFest. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, oh, one quick reminder as well. Um, or not reminders, just news, because I don't think uh, people know this yet, unless you listen to BTW podcast. Um, but we, so Battlecats and BTW will be, like, kind of co-hosting. I think they're doing most of the legwork, but I, I did agree to kind of mm-hmm. help out. Uh, we're going to be hosting, like, a, like an exhibition tournament after GoFest, probably on Friday at the park. Nice. So that'll be cool. Um, you should participate too, Speedy, if you can. But we're going to have our yeah. own meta and stuff. Uh, it'll be cool. But it'll just be for fun. There might be a little trophy and stuff like that. It won't be streamed or anything, but for those that are going to be around, uh, we'll keep you all posted with more details and news on how to be a part of that. But just want to bring that to people's attention. Um, But yeah, that being nice. said, and uh, like you said too, yeah, um, shout out to Butters, but also you and Gabby as well. I feel like the four of us have worked really well together in the past year. NAIC last year was the first time the four of us got together. Gabby joined kind of the go team and we commentated and it's mm-hmm. been 
a full year and a lot has happened that year but it's been it's been good so i learned yeah. a lot from each other especially gabby bring a lot of her wisdom from just commentary sure. in general from vgc as well so uh it's been cool but um next time we see each other we'll be in japan yeah that's kind of wild sick about a month from now yeah yeah but anyway thanks all for tuning in uh again if you have questions comments about japan or just comments in general about the episode Drop them down below in the YouTube. You know what to do. Uh, but thank you all for our new subscribers, our new listeners. And we hope to keep you entertained down the road, too. Uh, anyway, have a good one. Peace out. And catch Peace. you all later.